Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right. Hey, YouTube. Hey, LinkedIn. We are live. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm joined with a special guest today out of Atlanta, Georgia, Louise Scott. Louise, thank you so much for coming on today and introduce yourself. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Luis. I'm uh, originally from Puerto Rico. I came to the United States when my dad joined the Army. And I know before we got on the broadcast, we were talking about Fort Benning, uh, Georgia. That's actually where my dad retired. So I was very well acquainted with Fort Benning. He lives in Columbus, Georgia. But I uh, I moved with him and, and uh, I was 13. I ended up going to school here in, in Georgia. I went to the University of West Georgia, played baseball, played second base there. So that was uh, what I did. And then uh, had a couple injuries. So it, it led me to kind of my uh, second passion, which I found out was my first passion, which was, uh, you know, being a lawyer and so forth. But uh, through the process, I, I married, have a couple of kids. Uh, I live in the, if you know anything about Atlanta, I live in the northern part of Atlanta, uh, a, a little town called Brookhaven. It's out of the perimeter here in Atlanta. And uh, just you know, our law firms here are based out of uh, Buckhead, uh, Georgia, which is also in the northern part of Atlanta. And uh, I own a couple of businesses and who I like to uh, write. And uh, I have a podcast as well. So I, I really enjoy coming on and I appreciate you you inviting me. But that's uh, that's the uh, condensed version, the cliff notes of my life. <laughs> I'm sure you could talk all day as I could too. So uh, real sure. quick, what's your podcast? Anyone listening, we want to be able to check that out. I'll post the, oh, yeah. a link to it here in a second. Too. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, my podcast is called the Guts and Glory Show, and I profile entrepreneurs and leaders. Uh, you know, I have a heart for entrepreneurship, like just in general. I consider myself a serial entrepreneur. I, mean, I currently, uh, ha- you know, own a law firm, but I also own a consulting business, and I have the podcast, and I love doing other things on on the side. I actually uh, owned a barber shop as well, so it's like totally unrelated. Uh, but uh, yeah, the show is called the Guts and Glory Show, and I just I, I just try to bring on entrepreneurs who are just out there, you know, make, making things happen. And uh, and but you. you can find it on on youtube and so forth so well here i'm gonna i'll post a link to it so the gus and glory show i found it on audible i'll, I'll share a link okay, i'll so say check out Luis podcast all right I'll put that in the comments so actually that's really cool and so we share a lot of those same things i love talking to anyone about any kind of business i don't care what it is i'm mm-hmm. interested to learn why'd you do it how you do it you know of course can i pick up anything to help my business you know and yeah, uh you can you can learn from anything that's for sure yeah if, if my wife sees a business owner in the other corner of the room and i'm going towards them she's like oh <laughs> He's gone. See you later. Nice. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. So I'm going to check that out myself. Uh, after we're run, done today, I'll uh, add it to my podcast list, and I look forward to listening to that. So, so that's a little bit about you personally. Um, also, I saw uh, 40 Under 40 uh, award that you got. Yeah, um, uh, that was that. Uh, the, the, Na- the National Trial Lawyers Association, 40 Under 40. Um, I got that a couple of years back. Or You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I always tell people, I don't identify at this point as a lawyer <laughs> as much as I do a business owner, just because throughout the course of of your career you're either going to go in one of two directions you're either going to become a litigator and stay in that direction or you're going to build a volume practice and and become more of the business owner and kind of manage the the firm and i guess you could be a hybrid it's not as common uh to see kind of a full a true hybrid uh but i went into the the more of the business owner route where where i, I manage the firm that's kind of my my passion which is perfect because it's the Managing Partners podcast. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the people we like to talk to on this podcast and on the show is 
the ones running the business, the the ones not just practicing the law, but running the business, high, you know, all the operations, everything it takes to run a, a business successfully. So you're on the right show. That's perfect. So, good stuff. Appreciate it. So let's talk a little bit more about the business. So the firm itself. So obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you're in multiple businesses, but for this purpose, tell us more about the firm. I know you have, you have a partner. I'm not sure if you have multiple partners in the firm, but tell us about the firm, what your expertise and specialties are, and and we'll maybe get into some more details about how you're running that firm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so our, our firm does personal injury and workers comp here in, in Atlanta. And the history of the firm, just because it, I think it has a pretty cool history. I, I used to be the managing partner of another firm. And I left that firm to start my own law firm, uh, which I did. So I started my own law firm and I was good friends with my business partner currently. And we were friends. We were, you know, he was just, he was coming at me and saying, why don't we join together? Why don't we work together? And I was like, I don't know. I want to do my own thing. You know, I've already had a partner before. I didn't want to do that again. And, but through different conversations, we started realizing that we were really we gelled together. You know, we just worked really well together. And he was much more of a visionary. I used to think I was a very visionary person, but I realized I was much more ambitious than visionary. And so I love the fact that he was a visionary. He had a lot of great ideas. And I think he loved the fact that I was more of an implementer and that I could get things done, which I think is critical for operations purposes. You gotta, you have to have somebody who can actually implement the strategy. So that's kind of the back history of the firm. But uh, we decided to join together in 2018. When we joined our business together, we had 25 total employees uh, when we joined together. Two days later, two people resigned. We were down to 23. And so that's how quickly we had uh, some attrition. But 18 months later, we were up to 147 employees. And uh, we're now in five cities. We have just under 30 lawyers and just cranking away, just trying to make a mark here and an impact in uh, in our community. And now we're three years in, so we're really excited just about what the future holds for the firm. That's that's excellent. And have you guys grown in size and, and staff members or partners or? Yeah, I mean, so we went from 25 to 140, 147 um, in about 18 months. And uh, we went from about, I would say, 7,000 square feet of space to we're getting ready to sign a lease just under 50,000 square feet. I would and say that's so some growth right there. <laughs> it's pretty decent. It's pretty decent. But yeah, we're we're excited about the growth. And it's to, to me, it, it really has become just a stepping stone into what we really want to accomplish, you know, long term. So it's been it's been an exciting journey over the last three years. And it sounds like that. That's awesome. And congratulations on the success so far. And it sounds like you guys you. are doing all the right things. So I love it. That's, that's excellent. Um, and you practice. I know you're in Atlanta. And I saw on your site, you cover a lot of areas. Do you, do you handle cases all, all over the state? I know, I'm sure you can. I don't know. No. What's, your, what's your kind of like, I assume just Atlanta's your, your kind of target area where you spend probably most of your advertising and marketing dollars. Yeah, I mean, the, so, so the way Georgia's constructed, about probably 70%, 80% of the uh, population lives in Atlanta. So obviously, you, you're going to spend the majority of the money there. But we have an office. Uh, we have offices throughout the state. We have five total offices. So we do, we do advertise in all of the cities that we're currently in. And uh, we have, uh, they're not satellite offices. They're manned offices. So we have people uh, in those offices that are running them, lawyers and legal assistants and so forth. So we're all throughout the state. We take cases everywhere, personal injury workers comp. Where, wherever there's a case, wherever someone hears about us, we, we go there. I like it. And uh, we can check out the site down below here to check out your firm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll get that link posted in the comments as well. So everybody can get to it easily. So, um, excellent. All right. So what, you know, you just, you had a lot of growth in the last three years, right? So, but you know, what does it kind of look like in your mind, uh, as uh, the next five years, maybe 10 years, do you have kind of a vision for where you want to go a plan? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, like? So, you know, I mentioned earlier that I'm more of a, an ambitious person than I am a visionary. And, and my ambition is, is uh, as my, my brother would probably say, just too ambitious. But my goal is, is to have a like billion it. dollar firm. You know, I want to have a billion dollar revenue firm. Um, we have a long ways to go. Uh, but the fact that there are firms out there uh, like the Morgan and Morgans who have done it, I know that it can be done. And it's just a matter of, of time, effort, advertising, marketing, exposure, and so forth. So that's our ultimate, you know, goal is a billion dollar revenue firm. Now that's not going to happen in three years for us. The three year plan is more of a, you know, we have a vivid vision. Uh, Cameron Harold wrote a book on that called vivid vision. And I have uh, that book. I just read it recently. I'm not sure where it's at, but very good. Yeah, book. Yeah. It's an excellent book and it really profiles how to set up your, your vision for the next three years. And so that's what we've developed for our firm. And we've, we let it out uh, a year ago, actually right before COVID and then COVID hit. And you can imagine how that puts a wrinkle in your uh, vivid vision. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I, I finished that book. Actually, I think I don't, I don't know if I have the, the hard copy. Traction is another really good book that I, we have read quite often. Uh, but the vivid vision, I actually just finished up on audible, I think a few months back, but yeah, we, you know, going through the exercise and painting that exact vision of where you see yourself and revisiting that. And then also your staff, employees, and team members also trying to get them to realize what leadership is of course. thinking and seeing. I think that's hard sometimes to translate because we can get excited and talk about all this cool stuff. And, you know, some of that works for you is like, yeah, whatever he's, I don't know what he's talking about, but, and we see it clear as day and it, it might not always come through to them. But I think also getting them to buy in and, and also be like, yeah, I want to go that way too, can be very powerful. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I the thing that. is that communicating the vision to your people is actually one of the most difficult parts of running a business. I don't think that people appreciate how challenging it is to uh, communicate what you're trying to build once you get to a certain size. Um, I, I don't consider myself a big business, but I think in the law firm space, there's not a lot of firms with over 100 people. And so it, it, there's not really anyone you can bounce ideas off as to how you communicate this vision to your people. So it's always a, a challenge. People are the most complicated part of building a big business because uh, people are complicated. And so there's no single answer to to fixing the that, that people problem. Um, it's just continuously <laughs> trying to improve and make it better for your employees each and every day. And if I think if you take that, that perspective, eventually you end up having a business with a lot of eight players. And so that's kind of been our goal and our, and our call in 2021, as we were coming out of the pandemic was how do we get more eight players on the team so that we have more efficiencies, more production and so forth. But that's the most complicated part for sure. A hundred percent. And yeah, yeah. I love everything you had to say, but I think too, yeah, what you're saying it's very hard to get that vision across to everyone. And as you bring it, bring it on new people, new staff, do they understand the vision? Do they, they know what they signed up for or are they, you know, on, are they going to be a player? And so and the bigger you get, the more challenging that becomes to, to manage. So um, yeah, I love that. And so for us, we our our vision started as 
by 2030, we want to be at a hundred million in recurrent mm -hmm. revenue. So awesome. the billion, love it. So we have a podcast <laughs> called Journey to 100 million about yeah. that. And, um, but that was me and my partner's kind of idea. It was a little bit more of a monetary goal, but it, it was something we could, you know, reach for and see. But in order for our, our team and people to also to kind of understand it, I believe we, we had to make some tweaks, you know, and it was, mm -hmm. you know, Really what it means for us is we're creating opportunity by becoming a $100 million mm -hmm. business. Right. Meaning your opportunity, your, uh, you know, it might be different for you than me, right? So mm -hmm. it might be uh, working less. It might be traveling. It might be management or, you know, leadership, uh, whatever it may be. So it can be different for everyone in our team. But we made some tweaks and changes and then kind of came back out with the with our vision again and said, Hey, this is what we really meant. Right. Because it's me and my business partner, you know, just, yeah, this is where we want to go. And, um, we had to kind of step back and say, all right, well, why would anyone else care? You know, and, and what does it mean right. to them? So it was actually a nice exercise to go through. So, all right, man, I, I appreciate that. So let's talk about maybe trends. So, and this could be trends that you foresee uh, <laughs> or, or trends that are affecting you now, obviously COVID aside, you know, with personal injury, where there's less activity, courts closed, people not commuting and driving. I know that can have a, um, it's had some what of effect on a lot mm -hmm. of firms and caseloads and things like that. But outside of that, what are any positive trends you see happening uh, that you can take advantage of or, you know, things you're concerned about that could happen, whether it's economy, regulations, government changes, Anything you see coming that you I mean, uh, I don't see, share? Yeah, I don't really see anything like uh, that I know of, right? Anything that I that I said that was uh, in the future would be <laughs> mainly speculation. Uh, you know, we talk about the more self-driving cars and whether that's going to affect the personal injury space. And obviously, if you're not concerned about that, you should be concerned about that. We talk about private investors and, and, and non-lawyer investments into law firms is something that people should really be thinking about. Uh, one of the things I, I tell my, my business partner is I'm not just building the law firm that I want to have in the future. I'm building the law firm that I want to be able to, to sell in the future, because in the event that private equity money can come in and buy firms, I don't know. I don't know to what extent I, you know, we know Arizona is, is with that. We know that Utah now is allowing some uh, non-attorney legal work to be done to the extent mm -hmm. that private equity can come in and buy firms like they do in medical clinics, the more profitable your firm is, the better, uh, the more healthy it is, the more likely it is that you have an exit strategy. And sure. I'm not saying that I wanna have an exit strategy for the firm, but, but I'm also saying that it's, it's probably negligent to not plan for that. And so I think that yeah. that's something that we need to be looking at. Um, those are probably the two biggest trends is, you know, self-driving cars and, and also private equity coming into the, into the business. Um, another thing that I would say is that I believe that this is the year of the personal brand. And I think you're seeing this a lot more online, whether it's on social media or digitally, everyone's really focusing on their personal brand. And I think that the approach that people have to their personal brand is misguided. They believe if I build my personal brand, I'm going to have an immediate return of X number of, of clients. And that's not really how it works. You have to build your personal brand like you're building a relationship. You have to take a long-term approach and you have to plan for the, for the long, for the marathon. Like this is a five-year personal branding uh, proposition. 
and the person who can last the longest will win that game. And so I think that that's a trend we're seeing. I mean, I can't go on Facebook without seeing 25 lawyer advertisements, but then the next month it's a different 25 because people give up so quickly. And so I think it's a trend. The personal brand is a trend, but it's the person who lasts the longest that's going to win that trend. It's the endurance, right? It's all about yeah. endurance. It's, I mean, that's the game of, of entrepreneurialism, right? I mean, the game of, of, of building a business. Consistency. I, I just recently had a, a, a motivational uh, series. I put out this Monday motivational. It's just I just put it out on social media. It's an organic piece. And I said, it's not over until you win. Like that's when it ends. It ends when you win. And if you haven't won, you still have an opportunity to win. That's the beauty of it. But it all it requires a sense of commitment to consistency and commitment to the pain that that's required for to be, you know, to endure all the things that happen. Absolutely. Discipline. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just keeping it going. And I think that's, you know, that's hard. That's, that's a, lot, a lot of people don't, you know, make it in entrepreneurship or a lot of business fail. And then uh, I think it's only 4% of businesses clear a million in revenue. Um, and then those numbers go down real rapidly after that. So uh, it's a right. tough game. And I think if, you know, I like the, I like the whole idea there about the trend uh, with the personal branding. So that's, that's very interesting, actually. I'm going to keep my eyes open more on that because obviously I'm flooded with, with ads from lawyers as well. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I don't think I don't think it's just lawyers. I think it's just anybody. I think social media, especially during the, the the shutdown, where a lot of people were at home, they were on their phones a lot more. I think people began to see the possibility. You know, you go to TikTok, and people became millionaires from TikTok. People have become millionaires yeah. from Instagram, and people now see the possibilities of having a digital presence. And if you're a professional and you own a law firm, and you're not online, I actually think you're being negligent. If you are if you are not on social media, and this and, and I've said this to a couple of people who who don't agree with this, but if you're not on social media, you're actually neglecting a lot of your client base because your clients are on social media. Like, I don't care what kind of what kind of law you practice, your client is on social media, and so <laughs> failure to be there, you're just not showing up to the party. So that's a really good point. I like that. We also have we. Quite a few questions coming in. So uh, Adam, Sean, we'll get those questions in just a minute. If you just got, if you hang on here, and sure. um, got some good questions coming in. So we'll get to those in just a second. But all right, love all that. That's great. Um, not something I've actually thought about or have heard uh, mm. from other guests. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so when, you, when you're talking about personal brand, you're talking about social media, you're doing a ton of stuff, right? Obviously, you're yeah. on the show here. You got your own podcast. Uh, so mm. you're doing all the right things. You guys are growing. Uh, things are happening. So looking at your, your marketing that you have done, what would you say, one, is something that you've maybe not done so well, that's not worked, mm -hmm. maybe, and then B, what, what you have done that is just crushing it, you know, that's something that's worked for, yeah. you, for you and your firm. So marketing is a really, uh, and you know this from, from doing marketing, but marketing is a, is a very um, interesting animal. And that is, it, it doesn't, it's not just what you do, but it's how you do it. So it's, it's the brand, it's the message, it's the delivery, it's the implementation, it's the longevity, and it's the channel. So like, there's a lot of different things you have to think about. Like uh, what I say on country radio is not going to work on 
urban radio. It's not going to work on Spanish radio. The message that I have, the brand, the way that I appear, who I'm, I'm speaking to. You know, I may be speaking on a Spanish radio ad and, and the person I'm speaking to is a, you know, 45 year old uh, Hispanic guy, where if I go to the urban radio, I may be speaking to a 25 year old guy. And so like that, that you have to understand the demographics of every marketing channel that you're actually going into to know whether it was something that would work for you or not work for you. With that being said, I believe that the best marketing tool that any law firm can do is to build their customer journey. That's the number one thing that a, that a, that a law firm should do. Uh, last year, we signed in COVID uh, almost 4,000 clients in COVID. Uh, we had a down year. But almost 50% of our 4,000 clients came by way of referral. So just put that in perspective, 50% of our 4,000 clients came by way of referral. And so that is because we have a, a commitment to our customer journey and the touch points that we have with the client when they come through our pipeline. So I, I think that that's the thing that has worked the most uh, for us. And, and the thing that has worked the least for us has been going into new marketing funnels without an actual plan. So because our TV and radio was working uh, so well, we thought, well, why don't we just go on another station saying the same message, which goes back to what I just mentioned. Messaging, Knowing your audience. Yeah, you have to know your audience. And we were throwing money. I mean, I remember we, we got on a the jazz station. We spent three months on a jazz station at 40000 a month and nothing came out of it. <laughs> like, I think we got one client and we're like, mm -hmm. what is wrong with this? Like, how did we, how, why did we spend that kind of money? And what we realized is the message that was working on this other station, you can't just translate it to jazz. It has to be something different. The audience was different. And so we learned a valuable lesson. We can't just, just because you have an endorsement, like we have some celebrity endorsements, just because you have, uh, you're the most frequency on a station, that doesn't that doesn't just win the day. You have to have the right message touching the hearts of the of the people that you're supposed to be going after. That's a really good point. So you just hey, it worked here. We'll we'll just put it over there, and it'll do the same thing. So it'd be like switching right. from LinkedIn to Facebook or Instagram. You know, no, it, it, it does it doesn't work like that. And the thing is that you know you mentioned those three platforms. They're specialists that specialize in each one of those platforms for marketing in the same way there's specialists that specialize in tv advertising billboard radio like there's people yeah. that that really focus on those areas and so i always say talk to the experts right you know talk to talk to firms like you who, who can help people in the marketing and not just going out there just trying to do it on your own because it's it's not going to work if you just try to do it on your own yeah, 100%. I think also, too, uh, you know, I know we're first ones to say if, if we're not expert in, in such platform or uh, someone calls us like, hey, can you do TikTok for us for our firm? Like, no, nah, that's not, you know, we don't we don't specialize in that. It's not something that right. we have confidence in. Um, we want to have a success before we we're do it for someone. So now we're always open to existing client. We would say, hey, let's investigate. Let's try this out. And if it's if it works, then we'll put some more behind it. But, you know, we'll never sign a new client for some service we don't do. But I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of agencies, well, the client wants us to do this, so let's just, let's just do it. Right. <laughs> and um, that's a mistake. I know that because we've done that in the past. So uh, uh, back to the first thing you said, though, I love. So I've actually, I got to meet the CMO of Burger King, who's actually now mm -hmm. the president of the American Marketing Association. Oh, and nice. he did a whole presentation on customer experience. 
you know, whatever your client experience or user experience, but it, kind of what you just said. So the, the customer journey, right? How they interact with your business, how you're interacting with them, what that process is like. So I love that. And that's something that we are constantly working on here at my firm at Red Digital. And something we just had a conversation today uh, with my mm. business partner and my uh, project manager on some of the things that we can improve and do better because we're always trying to, to do better. Uh, communication course. is always, you know, something you can work on. And I love it. So that's going to lead to say, man, I had the best experience, you know, right. with this firm that, you know, you, you got to use this firm. There's, that's, there's no other, other firm to call. So just that, that experience being so strong. So I, I love that. And then that way, when you're, when you're, when you're spending money on marketing and advertising, you get someone in the, into your firm, mm-hmm. you got a 50% chance that they're going to refer you to someone else. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that there's, uh, I always say there's two pieces to uh, uh, the proper marketing campaign, and you have to build depth, and you have to build width. And I always believe that traditional marketing, whether it's mass media marketing, TV, radio, billboards, uh, online presence, that doesn't build depth. All that builds is width. So you're getting more touch points that you would not develop otherwise. The way you build depth is through relationship. That's where your customer journey comes in. So if you're if you if you have an online marketing campaign that can reach 10 people, that marketing campaign can only reach 10 people. Those are brand new people to your business. That's building width. But then you have to figure out a way to get those 10 people to refer at least three. Right. And so that's building depth. So the 10 can turn into 30 if you have the right customer journey. And so the the brand messaging and marketing is enhanced through your customer journey. The better you perform in your customer journey, the more the more your dollar will stretch. And that's how you get your cost of acquisition down. Because if you look at your cost of acquisition through the through the width only, you'll find that you're paying two, three, maybe $4,000. But if you look at it, what, what's happening with the referrals underneath and the depth, it can come down to seven, $800, $1,000. So that's that's why it's so important. I love it, man. I really do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. If anyone's listening, you better listen to that one right there. That's that's <laughs> some good advice. <laughs> really good advice. And you, I mean, you can't beat a referral. You never, you never can beat a referral. You know, yeah. you're not, you're not. So they're not searching for prices and talking to all these other people. They're they're referred. They're coming to you. And unless you just bomb it, <laughs> right, you know, right. They're they're going to be a, a client. You're, yeah, you're going to convert at a much higher rate, you know, yeah. with the referral than you do with yeah. with with some lead, uh, cold lead. Yep. No, I love it. All right. Well, let's get to a few questions. And we had some coming early on, but uh, this was when you were, uh, you mentioned in the beginning uh, that you like to write. And so we got a question right away. Boom. What have you been writing lately? So what I'm writing lately. So I am actually, I, I haven't let this out, but I am in the process of writing a um, marketing book, sales and marketing book, which is uh, essentially going to take people through everything we did to uh, build our firm uh, to where it is. So the the consulting company that I have is called uh, Eight Figure Firm Consulting. And what I do is I, I help people grow their businesses from seven to eight figures. And so w- one of the pieces that I realized was even though I don't have uh, marketing, like training in marketing like like you do and, and you know the marketing space, what I realized is that people were very deficient on understanding the interplay between operations and marketing. And so I'm writing a book that helps people connect the dots. Like how does how do you actually market through your operations? So that's what I'm writing right now. And then all, I love of, it. almost all of my content online, I, I write all of that as well. So whether it's my Monday motivational, my book review, my, um, you know, I have a, a show called life with Luis, uh, my eight figure firm 
videos. So I write all that content as well. But but right now I have a book and it's going to be coming out in June. So excellent. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I, I want to check that out. If you haven't yeah. told anybody yet and you told them right here, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. We got the scoop right here. So of course, that's excellent. Uh, my business partner just got done with a book, uh, The Million Dollar Journey. So this is uh, oh, nice. his journey. Part of I'm at the oh. end, I think of it, but basically what it took to get from a zero to a million in revenue and, nice. and kind of the challenges with that. So and me and him have a, a similar kind of path that we we both took separately to you know, before we got to a million in revenue. So, yeah. and of course that's a lot of people that are in that, that part, that boat, you know, yep. Hey, how do I get to a hundred thousand? How do I get to a million? And then yeah. your course, your, your book, taken from 1 million, uh, to, to eight figures. That's, that's a whole nother battle the there. Is, yeah. The leap is, uh, is, is tremendous, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, it, it's, it, it's stacking 10 million is not, just stacking <laughs> 1 million at a time, 10 times. It's like, it's much more, much more tedious than that. And so I think people believe that because they got to seven figures and it's going to naturally just grow. And the amount of eight figure businesses out there are actually very small. And so yeah. I, I want to guide people through that process. And so, yeah, so I'm excited about it. All right. We have another question in here from Sean Ragsdale. All right. Since you have a brick and mortar places, uh, persons in the office, how does your live chat work? Do you outsource to a VA company or do you, the paralegals man those stations? So I guess he's referring to uh, on your website, you get the, the chat that pops up. Mm -hmm. I believe I saw that too. Um, are yeah, you guys so, uh, in-house staff for that? Yeah, so we have an in-house onboarding team. We have about 14 people that are in our in-house onboarding team and everything is funneled through them regardless of where it is in the state. If the person uh, needs to schedule an appointment in a particular office, then we relay that message to those individuals in those offices. But everything comes to one call center. It comes to one area. All, all the chats come through one lead, uh, excuse me, one email, and uh, th th it gets handled in our onboarding department. So, uh, and then we funnel yep. those cases to where they need to go. So that's the, that's the way we do it. Sean's trying to, to break you here. <laughs> all right here's going another one from sean uh do you see more rideshare accidents happening as more uber lyft drivers are sharing the road have you worked with insurance companies for these types of companies so uber and lyft is going to continue to to grow as more people rely on that um, as a means of transportation and as more people move into cities they begin to see how much more convenient it is to hire a rideshare than it used to be, you know, in the smaller cities, you still can't get ride shares like you, like you can in the big cities. Um, we've traveled and there's been places where you can't, you can't get an Uber because it's a you know, small city, but places like Atlanta, yeah. you, you do see it. Uh, we've had an increase in an in Uber Lyft uh, accidents. And the, I guess the good thing about those accidents is that if it's caused by the driver, they generally have a minimum policy of a million dollars. So that creates an, a, a greater opportunity in Georgians, particularly it's the state minimum is 25,000. So, you know, to be involved in an accident with an Uber and having that much higher policy, it is good for the client, especially if they were seriously injured. But I absolutely see more injuries happening, but the amount of accidents is all based on population, whether they're riding an Uber or Lyft, or they're driving their own personal vehicle, population generally dictates the amount of accidents that occur. So the rising populations, you'll generally see more, more accidents happening. And then we'll do this last question for now from the audience and we'll, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So here you go. Uh, digital presence on social media is one thing. 
as most law firms check that box. So yeah, everyone's got a Facebook page. Every business has a Facebook page. But how many do you, you know, do we see that actually have real engagement? Uh, it's a much lower amount in my, you know, my opinion for sure. So but, uh, uh, the, the thing is we could do an entire show just on social media, but just for the pur purposes of like, of, of simplifying my answer to this, if you have a business page, the algorithm doesn't show your, your, your content as much as a personal page because the purposes of social media was never intended to have a business page. The purposes of social media was to have engagement through personal uh, relationship, right? The reason you have to have a business page is because they make you create a page to do advertising. So most people have a business pages for the purposes of advertising. So we have a Facebook page and we do Facebook ads. We have an Instagram page. We do Instagram ads, which is also owned by Facebook. So that's really the reason a lot of people have business pages. When I talk about social media and branding, I'm actually talking about the individual attorney. So I am branded as an individual attorney. Yes, we do Facebook advertising. Yes, we do Instagram advertising. Yes, we do YouTube, but I post a lot. So last year uh, in 2020, 13 clients hired me from social media without spending a single penny on paid ads. All right. I'm, just to put this in perspective, I spent no money other than content creation to, to get 13 clients who believed that because of my constant posting, they had enough knowledge of who I was as a person to call me, scratch that, they DM'd me to DM me and ask me a legal question, which resulted in 13 new cases. One of the cases alone uh, was a $300,000 settlement that we got in less than 30 days because of how serious the accident was. One case alone. The fee on that uh, in a contingency firm is $100,000 from someone who I never talked to who believed that I was friendly enough to contact me. Another one is a dump truck uh, head-on collision that is probably going to settle in the seven figures uh, or more. That came wow. from social media. So when I talk about uh, missing the opportunity, social media is the new networking of today. Social media is the billboard of today. When you fail to be on these platforms as a personal brand, what you're failing to do is to let people in your network know who you are personally and what you do. So that's why I believe you should be on social media. And like I said, the 13 cases alone, they're probably gonna generate, I don't know, on the conservative side, 600 to 700,000 in revenue uh, for, for our firm. And I think it's once again, negligent not to be there. So. No, I, I love it. And I think, you know, a lot of people try to check the box. I've talked to, you know, plenty of older traditional firms that, you know, just, they haven't come around, they, they don't get online, they don't invest, they don't think it works, right? Mm -hmm. And so some people are just behind and they're just like, well, I'm not even going to try. Mm -hmm. um, uh, others would be like, hey, uh, can you guys help us with our, our business, LinkedIn business page and all that stuff? And it's like, no one on LinkedIn is going to engage with your business page. They want to engage with you personally. So yes. you need to invest in time, energy, and be be there. Yeah, we can help you with that, but you need to have, be on the other side. If we create any interest and we're creating content, that you're going to be a real person on the other side, responding, uh, commenting, mm -hmm. invest your time, energy into it. They're going to follow you. They're not going to follow a business page. They don't care about your law firm. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing is that you can find VAs to do a lot of this responding for you too. <laughs> there's, there's so many options. Yeah. I mean, there's so many options. It's, it's, uh, you know, you just have to investigate and look for what's the best option for you. And I think you'll find it. Yeah. But I think, you know, committing and being consistent over long periods of time is where you're really going to see the results. Nothing's going to happen overnight. Uh, if you want mm -hmm. it overnight, get Google ads and just dump yeah, a ton right. of money into it. And that's it. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Excellent. Uh, Louise, thank you so much for joining me today. Anything else you want to add? What's the best way to contact you? Um, I'm going to put out a couple of links for your website. 
I do have a link too as well that I posted for uh, your podcast. Awesome. Obviously, I connect with on, with Luis on LinkedIn, so obviously he's there. He responds. What's so? What I else? am. Uh, yeah, you can find me, uh, Luis Scott. I I I have all of my platforms under that name, Luis Scott. You can find me on Facebook, okay. Instagram, LinkedIn. I have a YouTube page. It's uh, Luis R Scott Jr. is where you can find a lot of my content on YouTube. And then uh, if you if you uh, want to reach out to me and talk to me more about our firm and and how we uh, how we grew, you can reach out at Luis at VaderScott.com. And then if you want information on uh, the COO consulting that I do, um, you can reach out to me at Luis at EightFigureFirm.com. And I do fractional COO uh, consulting as well. And my Instagram is actually Luis Scott Jr. Jr. So sorry about that, um, Luis Scott Jr. You'll find it that way. So. <laughs> Okay, actually, I'll I'll, uh, I'll post a few links up to everybody else can connect, and look forward uh, to having Luis featured on on the show. He'll be uh, this will be up on YouTube for anyone else that wants to tune in and watch this episode, and then you'll see him coming soon on a lot of our uh, content uh, across social media. So, Luis, thanks so much for sharing everything today. Lots of excellent content, great ideas. I love kind of your vision, your goals. And where you guys have gone in just a short amount of time is pretty impressive. So thanks again for having or coming on the show. And that's Thank it. You. We will say goodbye. Thanks for the questions, Adam and Sean. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Yes, sir.